Most people will tell you that you have to have a 20% deposit because you must avoid paying lenders mortgage insurance. But LMI, not a dirty term. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to move it along and become homeowners. But most importantly, it is for home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mum. And that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 45 years experience to share with you and bucket loads of stories and avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure you get unbiased and real information you can rely on. We've got loads of free tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll get access to our free webinar, How to Buy Your First Home with the Right Amount of Debt. You'll also find the holy grail of home buying education, Your First Home Buyer Guide, the online course for people who want to be educated home buyers. We have created this for you to help you get on the right path to home ownership for your first home and beyond. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, is the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field who takes the time to understand your personal situation. We've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change rapidly. So always check with the relevant government authority or your trusted advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today we're talking about LMI, Lenders Mortgage Insurance. Now, most people will tell you to avoid it because they really don't understand it. But what we want to do is open up your mind so that you can make an informed decision based on real information. And today we're joined by Strawn Taylor from Hillier to talk about how LMI can open up more options for homebuyers. Okay, it sounds a bit weird, paying more money for insurance, it doesn't cover you, but hey, hear us out, we want to learn more about it during this. Uh, but before we get into that and before we introduce Strawn to you, um, there's a special house in the video behind Megan today. Those of you who tune in on YouTube will know that I often do an interesting background. So I just have a little look around for some crazy house. Veronica's put me onto the oh my God category on Airbnb and I'm blown away. This one is the Jacuzzi Cabin Flume near Paris. Now, God, take me there now. This is the bit that you sleep in and then you go across this netting onto the jacuzzi platform and the jacuzzi is there out in the open air. I knew you'd love that. Amazing. I knew you'd love that website. All right. Now we're going to talk about something a bit more sensible because I'm not quite sure that we'd be able to value that property um, if somebody wanted to buy I don't that. Know How would you value it? I don't know what the comparable sales would be. I don't know where you'd find the comparable sales. Now, Veronica, apparently it takes about 17 years to save a 20% deposit for a house in Sydney. Now, in that 20 years, prices will have gone up. You'll know the details better than me, but, you know, they will have gone up probably more in that time than you could possibly say. Yeah, so, you, you know, you have to save more each year. It's a nasty cycle and it often leads to you missing out altogether. But there are alternatives. Right, so the alternative is to not save up 20%, obviously, um, and, you know, we are joined by an expert today on the topic of LMI, which is Lenders Mortgage Insurance. So, yeah, Strawn, do you want to oh, – Strawn is a strategic partnership leader at Helia, which is a Lenders Mortgage Insurer. 
Do you want to just give us a little bit of an overview to kick us off to what is LMI? Because there is a lot of misinformation about this. Um, and let's just clarify any sort of myths or misinformation at the head of this episode so we can really get stuck into um, stuck into some real info. What it's all about. Thank you. And um, hello, Veronica and Megan. Thanks for having me on. Um, lenders, mortgage insurance. Okay, let's go back a little bit of history. Um, 1965's uh, lenders, mortgage insurance was in introduced into Australia. Um, and it was introduced by the government. Um, the original company was called the Home Loan Insurance Corporation. And why that was introduced was because, as you noted beforehand, to borrow money to buy a house, you actually had to save 20%. Um, and you know, it was hard to even get into housing back then. I know we talk about a housing crisis now. It's, all, it's been a topic of, um, you know, of national importance for a very long time. And so what the government did back then is they said, look, to the banks, okay, what we'll do, because um, you know, people borrowing more than 80%, it is riskier, right? And they, and they, they had history of people um, not being able to repay and losing houses and putting stress on the financial system. So the government set up an insurance scheme that said, look, we'll insure the banks, the loans, the banks right, over 80%, which will allow them to actually lend more and help first home buyers get into the market. And the contract, so to speak, was the lender would then, then said, okay, if we do that, rather than us paying for it, we'll say to the borrower, if you want to get in early, then there's an insurance premium. If you pay that premium, you can get into the house early. right? And that was the, that's the nascent. That's how lenders' mortgage insurance started. Wine forward, you have to almost 60 years. Um, and that's essentially what it does. It insures the lender so that the lender can lend with confidence to borrowers wanting to borrow more, okay? And so it protects the lender, the financial system. There's also now capital benefits, so the lender doesn't have to hold as much capital, which then means it has more to lend out. So it creates liquidity in the system as well. Um, and that's worked very, very it's well. So, it's cyclical sort of yes. flow-on effect. Correct, correct, exactly. And as you said, look, it takes a long time to save 20%. Um, yeah, figures seventeen ish years. Look, you know, it probably varies depending on if you're buying a unit or a or a house and where you're buying. But still, it's going to take you probably at least a decade. And um, if you've tracked property prices over a decade, um, they tend to move up. Now, they it's a squiggly line up and down, but ten, tends to go to north. If you can get in earlier than that ten years or that seventeen years, you're going to save yourself a lot and make money as well. And so, yeah, to get in as soon as possible, that's what Lenders Mortgage Insurance is here to try and help you do. Concept, isn't it? And it's great to have that background because I think it's important for people to understand where it came from. Um, and it was to open up the opportunities for people to get into the market at a quicker pace than they might otherwise have been able to. But it is a funny concept for a consumer to pay an insurance premium to cover somebody else's risk. It's very unique. And that's why you've got to think about what it actually does, right? So it actually, it, it's like it's an accelerated pathway into property ownership, okay? And that's the cost it's of It's a play. different way of looking at it. And that's what we really wanted to draw out from you. Not not to say this is not about us saying you should, you know, go down this path. This is about same. opening up minds, opportunities, rather than just listening to people who might just say you must have this or you must do that. Correct. It's, it's, it's not binary. And look, there are many pathways to getting into a home, as you guys would know. 
Um, and it's just one of many. And and we find the more, the better educated, informed that a borrower is, they're and they're far better able to understand what works for them at whatever particular time um, they are looking at to get into property. Yeah, just a couple of things that that have sort of popped into my mind as you're explaining that background, Strawn, is that first of all, um, the property market is a big beast in this country, and if you're going back. No, at least 60 years ago to when this was invented as a concept to help people get into the market quicker. Of course, what that does is the more people that can get into the market, that is something that helps push up prices. Demand will help push up prices. So the fact of that means that that is probably one of the contributing factors to the fact that housing does continue to go up in value over time. And I will say over time, because like you say, there's a wiggly line some years Property as a whole falls in value in this country, but the over time the the loss making years are sh- uh, fewer than the gain making years. Um, but that's looking at the property market as a whole, and there are individual choices within that property market that we all have to make because we only buy one property at a time generally. You know, most of us, some of us only ever buy one in our life, right? But well, unless you can out of rocks, you can buy a few at, at, at a time. Yes. And, and you probably don't care how much it costs. So, so yeah, so the reality is that when we make a property decision, it's an individual decision. And the reason for the risk that the banks needed to be covered for was because sometimes properties do fall in value. And somebody, people, sometimes people do lose money on property, which is precisely why the banks need to have their risk covered. So, so it's sort of interesting that LMI is something that protects banks, also protects the market, um, but it also has encouraged the market and in price growth. So it's sort of a bit weird that you then have to use that as a way to get into a rapidly rising market, which in a way it's sort of created. But the fact is that we can fight about the, uh, you know, we can argue about whether it's right or wrong and all the rest of it. The fact is the market is the way the market is and we have to understand these things so that we can make our individual decisions. So we love that you've come on today to talk to us about this. And you've taken a really different role than um, lenders, mortgage insurers have done in the past because you're now working with brokers to help educate them, to help home buyers understand LMI more. So you're taking a much more proactive approach with that. Correct. And as, as I said, look, it's not for everyone, okay? Um, and that's why, yeah, look at all the options available to you. And as you said, uh, Veronica, each individual yeah, or couple have a different set of circumstances. Um, the better informed you are, then you'll make better decisions. Um, and the other, the, the point about brokers is, you know, they've gone from, you know, I've been in this industry for a very long time. I started working at Westpac way back and not in 2000 and brokers made up 25% of originations back in 2000. Fast forward 23 years, they're now 70%. If you look overseas, it's as high as 90, right? And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, yeah, and if you get a bunch of people who that's their job is to really understand property finance and what's available from the plethora of lenders, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus, you know, we deal with about 70 different lenders of all different shapes and sizes, right? So there's a lot in that space and brokers have become an expert, but it's important that, you know, they can't sort of get across everything and we're trying to help them understand the benefit and the, you know, the options available for them and their borrowers to get into property, which LMI is is one. Um, and we've, look, we've gone and put together a, a calculator that's uh, that's evolved uh, over time, and it's called the Deposit Comparison um, Estimator. Um, that's that's something that is available for for your, your borrowers, for your people, 
Yep. Um, and it's on our website. Anyone can access it. We give it to brokers. It's um, an agnostic view of your options, right, to get that 20% or what you need to get into property as soon as you can. Um, and it's it's something you can play around. It's a scenario tool you can put in. Yeah, how much have I got to save at the moment? How much rent am I paying? Because if you get into your own house, you stop paying rent, right? And so instead of paying a landlord, um, you're starting to pay off something that's of value to yourself. And then it looks at, you know, bank of mum and dad, government schemes. How long will it take me to get to my 20%, right? And therefore, and then what would LMI do to actually help in that space? And then you can sit back with you know, yourself, your partner or, or your broker and talk it through. Cool. We will include the link in the show notes, by the way. So if you, it's fun, actually. I had a lot of playing with it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the nitty gritty. What what does it cost? Like, what are we talking about here in terms of, of a general cost? Sure. So, look, it, it is a, it's an insurance premium and, um, yeah, it's calculated using a lot of uh, very smart actuaries um, that sit there and look at the performance and risk over time. Um, and it's it's the way it's priced is a, is as a percentage of what you're borrowing, right? Um, and then that varies depending if you're borrowing, you know, 81%, less risk, okay, less cost, or, you know, 95%, you can borrow right up to 95%, um, more risk and therefore a bit more cost, and also the size of the loan. So it's it's a function of the size of the loan and it's a percent, generally about, you know, a little under 1% to a little under 2% of the total loan, depending on what you're borrowing. So obviously this suits some buyers more than others. I mean, if you've got a low income, um, it's going to be a problem because obviously the more you borrow, the more your repayments are going to be, right? So there's obviously certain people that is going to be more likely. Um, and, and you know, and certainly in my business, for example, I've got a buyer's agency business in, in Sydney and, and, you know, the higher end of some of our first home buyers that we help, there might be doctors We've had quite a few doctor clients, and that's the sort of person that that will be in the early years of their career, not earning a huge amount of money, but then we'll see this sudden acceleration. So they may not have been able to save much in the way of deposit, but they can service a bigger mortgage, for instance. So you can see why this type of conversation would be in that scenario. But you know, if somebody's um, or if if somebody's been given a gift of of an amount of money, for example. Um, and they're able to service the the mortgage, but they don't have the full twenty percent. Obviously, that might be something as well. So, what would be the some of the I guess other scenarios of of, of first home buyers that may not have previously considered getting it earlier um, by using this option? What are some of the scenarios that that you know this would fit? There's a lot of options available to first home buyers now. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot more than when I was trying to get it in the market uh, way back. Um, yeah, you've got government grants that, that can help defray the cost of, of getting in. You've got stamp duty waivers, right? Again, you know, stamp duty in New South Wales is very expensive, right? You're looking at you know, $20,000, $30,000, $40,000, depending on the size of the property you're buying. Um, you've got government schemes. You talk about low-income earners. There's, there's government schemes that help them do that, and then there's LMI. You, know, you mentioned doctors. Um, you know, some lenders will um, will waive LMI for, for doctors because they're, they're viewed as a as a um, as a good risk, but sure they'll only wave it up. <laughs> yeah, only wave wave it up to a certain point. Um, and doctors shouldn't shy away from, and I'm not just doctors, but people on yeah you know, high incomes but mightn't have the t- had had the time to say that deposit. Still shouldn't shy away from going a little lot higher and paying the other high um, because it allows them to buy you know a, a bigger property. 
So And that that's that's a better asset. Yeah, mm. and that's certainly we definitely want to explore here as well because of course a lot of people sort of, you know, it's scary. The, it's particularly the first time you have a big mortgage or any mortgage, really. The idea of paying something off over 30 years is like, my God, you know, you just trust me. It happens before you know it. You, 30 years rushes by. But, <laughs> but it, you know, in your 20s or 30s, you're thinking, I cannot imagine myself being that way forever. There's two things I'd say to that. First of all, um, I recommend um, people go and uh, look up. A call logic released a paper a year ago, August 2022, called um, Australian Property 30 Years The Long View. And it shows you how property prices have moved over the last 30 years in all major cities. It's quite an interesting read. Okay. So that was the first thing is, yeah, educate yourself on what's been going on in this market. Um, then the second thing is about the you know, scariness of, of, of LMI and, and, and the, um, the cost, right? So one of the analogies I like to, um, to, to talk about is if you look at 30 years in Sydney, right, over the last 30 years, um, property prices in Sydney on average have gone up about 6% per year, compound annual growth, okay? Yes, as you said, Veronica, it's a wiggly line. Sometimes it's gone down. Sometimes we've just seen it gone, go down, right? And that's, uh, that's yeah, the market's cyclical. Um, okay, so average to get into a house in Sydney, you're probably looking around a million dollars. Can I just ask you, and I'm presuming you got this information in front of you. Um, let's not use Sydney because um, because Sydney is a our most expensive city, and also we do talk a lot about Sydney and Brisbane because I'm Sydney and Mil and, and Megan is Brisbane. Can we pick randomly any other city other than those two? Pick other one. Than those two. Good. Good point. Pick one. Which one would you like? Let's have Melbourne. To we'll do Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. Let's okay. go Mel Melbourne. Melbourne actually is interesting. It's very. It's, it's quite similar to to Sydney. Um, it's it hasn't had the the growth that's very soon. Look, in in Melbourne, last thirty years, you're looking at about six and a half percent annual compound growth, right? So let's let let's use a seven as a roundup. Okay, average house price in Melbourne at the moment. About Can we just break that down just really quickly, Strawn? Yep. So for people, if you haven't listened to the podcast or done the course, compound growth is what makes property very magical. Um, and that that isn't that each year your property goes up six percent. Each year that increased amount of six percent goes up another six percent. So it goes on top, on top, on top. So that Great. compounding nature of the growth. Great. You're earning money on the money. You're one earning. of the beautiful things. Correct. Great. Snowball. It is. It's worth lot. And again, if you want to educate yourself, understand the benefit of compound annual growth. Um, it's it's quite an interesting concept, and and interestingly, a lot of people don't really understand it. So, yes, I agree. Uh, Absolutely. Megan understand that. So, let's go back to Melbourne. All right. So, to get into a house in Melbourne, you're looking at around $900,000 roughly, okay? Um, and uh, if you borrow 95%, right, let's go maximum uh, borrowing of uh, in that. So, that's about 800 and uh, what's that, about 850000 dollars I think you're borrowing, right? Um, now, the, the LMI on that, Okay, at that level, you're looking at about $35,000, right? Oof. Okay, that's a bigger mid. What was that percentage? Sorry, what, what, what was the percentage? It's 5% deposit, right? 5% deposit, 5% deposit, right? So that's what you've, you have to say, the 5% yourself, and, and there's costs, so you've got to cover stamp duty and legals and all that sort of stuff. So you might be looking at actually having to have saved about $60,000, $65,000, right? But you're going to get into your $900,000 uh, property, but you've got to pay $35,000 
insurance premium, we'll put that on the loan. So you don't have to pay that up front. We'll put that on the loan, okay? That'll increase your repayments a bit, maybe $10 to $15 a month, okay? Because you're looking at over 30 years. Um, now, we're talking about property on average in Melbourne going up around 6.5-7% per annum compound, right? 900, okay? 7% on $900,000, $56,000, right? If my math's right. Okay, you've just paid 35 year one. To, to get in, right? After year one, you've pretty much paid it back and made made money on it, right? These are the things you got to think about over time. So, Dane, it's a cost, right? Yes, it's a cost. I like to say it's a ticket to the game, right? So, you, you pay it, you go, oh, should I pay it? Guess what? After a year, you're going, that's a good investment, right? It's got me in. Now, the property may not go up there. But you don't buy property just for 12 months. You're buying property for usually a minimum 10 years. I know you guys have talked to your clients. I, you know, I've done mortgage broking. And I always said to them, you're not buying it like trading stocks. You're going to be in this place for a while. Okay. Don't look at it like a, a, an annual thing. Look at it over five or 10 years. And you start to get an understanding of what that can do for you. Right. And that's what LMI does. That's how it can actually help you, um, one, get in the market and two, start creating wealth. It's very true um, that. A property is a long game, right? And we're always on about this, right? And even if you are thinking, my first home is not going to be my forever home, which for most of us, let's face it, it is never, but it is the the stepping stone to get to the next home, which might be your forever home or the one after that, whatever. But it, so so the the reality is that even though this first property that you, you own is not going to be your forever home, you still have to have a very long lens on that because it's got a job to do. And- so I think too, and also the average, I was just reading um, CoreLogic, you were talking about one CoreLogic report, uh, one of my favourite reports ever is the pain and gain report, the CoreLogic pain yes. and gain report um, that comes out every quarter. At, and the reason I love it is because I am a contrarian and I do love looking at how many people lost money in property every quarter, but that's a, not the topic for another. <laughs> it's it a, I shouldn't say I love looking and I'm sad about it, but um, that's a topic for another another episode. But the the I was reading in there. I think on average hold period is is it eight or nine years now in property in Australia. So that's the average hold period of a property. I would I would and I would if you took first home buyers out of that, I would think it'd be shorter. So you know this is average. So there's once you have your forever home, it's obviously longer than eight or nine years. So so there will be some you know and, and on average i think there's a year of loss for every 3 years of gain or something i think that's sort of something like something like that is the average the cyclical nature yeah so for over that period of time you know you're going to be looking at that that average gain right that you're looking at um uh wherever you are there's going to be you would think and so i think that that's a very important way of looking at it to say, okay, well, if you had that average annual gain after one year, what position would I be in? And it's a great way of putting LMI in context, isn't it? Because even I haven't thought of it that way. So that's, that's, um, it is really important because the problem is that there is that fear thing. And I know that we, when we get fearful about, and obviously we're talking a lot of money, a lot of savings, and then you think I've saved this money, even if you haven't got your full 20%, still a lot of money and you've made sacrifices to save it. I don't want to risk blowing it, you know, and that the period of indecision that people can be very costly. You might be lucky to be indecisive in a falling market, but the odds are you're going to be indecisive in a rising market. That's just the way, that's the way the maths works. 
So, so it is. I think it's really good to get this into perspective and say, right, with this short-term pain, um, the co- additional cost, putting it into perspective over the longer term, really, well, it certainly helps me sort of think about it differently. And I'm hoping it helps listeners think about it differently as well. Yeah, and and I, I think the hardest thing for anyone ever to do is to buy their first house. Right, and so once you do that, one you learn. To your, you yeah, know, they talk about but getting on the property ladder, it very much is that, right? Okay. And yeah. it kind of gets you in. Um, and so, you know, educate yourself, but also access experts, right? So, mortgage brokers on the client side, you know, what you guys do in finding finding the property, you know, surround yourself with experts. They are, there are plenty of them out there, right? And they can really help. There are plenty of experts out there. There are, yeah, you want to make sure that you're talking to the right expert yeah, about the true. right 100%. people though, yep. right? So stay in your lane and make sure they know what they're talking about. I want to share my story because I bought my very first home um, and I had the benefit of having um, access to the equity in my parents' place as security. So I was able to borrow 110% of $141,000. Not everyone has that, but on my second property, um, it was 2002, and if you remember back in 2002 or you look at some of those long-term graphs around the Brisbane market, it was right at the start of the biggest property price boom that we'd had in the history of the Brisbane market, only surpassed by 2021-22. So um, my then, um, then boyfriend who became my husband became my ex-husband, and I were rapidly trying to save to get into what was his first property but but my second one and we started to see prices moving now I had no real estate knowledge whatsoever um, I didn't understand supply and demand I didn't understand market cycles but what we could see and we fortunately had um, access to back then a good broker which was very unusual back then said guys if you continue saving at the rate you're saving it's going to be about another 10 or 11 months until you've got that. Have a look at what the prices are doing now. And we could see that house that we looked at, it sold for that. That house we looked at, it sold for that plus a little bit more. And it was really starting to move. So um, very luckily, this broker said, look, there is this other option, Linda's mortgage insurance. And we immediately went, no, no, we're not paying insurance to, for somebody else to be covered and look after their risk. No, 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 no. Anyway, we sat down, we looked at the numbers. And I think our, it was the $332,000 purchase at the time. And I think our LMI might have been about eight or $9,000, but it actually got us into that property before that price spike. And had we not purchased that property at three hundred thirty-two, we would have been closer to 400000 That's how quickly the prices rose. That, it does that. We would have been closer, closer to $400,000 by the time we'd saved that um, deposit. And then we would have had to keep saving to actually keep at the same level uh, of property. So that was an example where we had some really good advice and we're able to take our that, take those hats off of everybody around us saying, don't do this, avoid it at all costs, make sure you have your 20% deposit. And it was actually a really, really helpful thing for us at a time where we, we quite possibly would have ended up um, not actually getting into that market if the prices rose. So very, very sage advice from a broker. But look, that that story, and thank you for sharing that, is very common, right? So it, there's a lot of um, that the exact like LMI, no way, right? Yeah, you know, mum and dad told me not to use it. Well, what do mum yeah. and dad do, right? But, yeah, 
that that that's thing. All my friends said not to use it. Okay, they're great advice too. So yeah, and and we hear that a lot. Um, and it's about think about what it can do, right? Um, and then the cost is paying for what it can do. Um, and then yeah, you you had a great outcome and a great experience with it, which is fantastic. Yeah, and and I said you know. Uh, I had to battle um, my then partner to, to get it across the line because he was very anti the concept. Um, but I'll be forever grateful for the advice that I got from that broker to to actually push it across the line. Yeah, it, that was our workhorse. That property it was it was held until um, and only sold when we divorced. And it, it was the property that we kept going back to and borrowing against for for future investment. And that's a see that's a great point too about property. Okay, is that it, it's an asset, and as you build equity in it. Right, you can leverage that equity elsewhere. Right, so that's that's the power of compound annual growth. Right, and so just to break that down, I mean, it, when we talk about equity, that's the bit that you own, not that you owe <laughs> the bank. And so, as you get capital growth, this is why we focus on the asset quality so heavily, Megan and I, because a good asset is going to grow at a greater rate than a poor asset, and the capital growth is money that you own, not that you owe the bank, right? But then you might choose to borrow against that. You might choose to borrow against that to renovate the property, or you might choose to borrow against that to buy an investment property or or even invest in other things like shares or whatever. So so the thing is that though when you have equity, you have options. And or you might choose to sell it and use that equity to upgrade into a bigger property. Yeah, Big stepping stone. Exactly. So it's the options that that open up for you. That and this is why we sort of I don't know in the intro to this podcast, uh, Strawn, we say we're old enough to be your mum because the reality is that that wisdom that we have just through our life experience, but also our our cumulative. We've got over forty five years experience in the property market between us. And our ability to look back, not just with our professional experience and, and ex- expertise, but also how property has worked for us individually as well, you know, that sort of advice we can sort of look back on. That's what that's what you listeners get the benefit of, you know, <laughs> our advanced years and, and, and how that's worked. But I often look back with absolute wonder at where I am now because if I hadn't, you know, taken – calculated risks earlier in my life and made good decisions. I've also made some bad ones. And if you listen back to other episodes of this podcast, you'll hear my stories as well. <laughs> um, but all in all, most of the, you know, the, 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 I guess, more good than bad, let's put it that way. And it's really made a huge difference to my position now. And and that's why you want to really help first-time buyers get the benefit of of different expertise not listening to the doomsayers that go, no, 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 don't pay LMI, that's dead money. Um, in the context of what the property market could do in the time that you need to save, if you can't outsave the market, this is a very credible option for you to investigate with your broker. And if your broker can't explain this to you and can't work out these options with you and can't um, advise you based on your circumstances, then you need another broker. Yeah. yeah, good. So well put. But it's also a great, great uh, point, Veronica, is the expertise and lived experience. And, you know, your listeners have the opportunity essentially to stand on your shoulders and, and, and go forward, right? So, um, yeah, and you don't, you can't get that. If you're just, you know, if you're a 20 year old into the market, you know, you can't get that yourself. Look, it's going to take you five, 10, 
15 years. So use the insights that you guys have and, uh, and use them wisely. So what would your, what will be your take home messages then? If you sort of said, you know, okay, what, what really big message do we want to leave with our listeners? What is the next thing they should do? If they've got some money saved and they're thinking, okay, how do we evaluate our options here? How do we work out whether this is something that we need to be looking at? What are you, what are your recommendations there, Strawn? Uh, initially, I would talk to a broker, right? In terms because it's about finance first. You've you've got to have a chunk of money to buy something. So yeah, you know, whatever deposit you've got, um, have a look at what you can do with that. How you can leverage that deposit, right? So and the brokers are probably your best first port of call because they can say, you know, okay, where, where do you want to buy? And they might say, oh, look, out of suburbs of Brisbane. Okay, let's have a look at what that you know probably costs there. All right, so it's cost this. So you need this amount, and they'll talk you through all the options. Um, yeah, the deposit comparison estimator. You can jump on that today and have a look, and that can start the education process. Got lots of different aspects to it that you can manipulate. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, my advice to, and I get asked a lot myself is yeah, talk to a broker. If you don't know a broker, right? Fine. Yeah, get get a referral for one. Um, there are lots and there's some better than others, right? So do talk to people, find out, find out who, you know, one of your friends have used. You guys will have, um, resources you can refer to as well. So yeah, ask around, get a broker, talk to them first. That would be my advice. What I would say actually is if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking, oh, where should I go in terms of finding a broker? Reach out to us. We've interviewed a number of brokers on the podcast. Plus we also know a lot of brokers that we trust and we're prepared to recommend. So, so just shoot us, you can, on the website, you can shoot us an email via our website um, and, you know, support we, at homebuyer.com.au, uh, homebuyer academy.com.au. Oh, God. We don't even know our own email, is that <laughs> I'm gold? The, I'm not the one that's been away. <laughs> that's, that's a great, that's great advice because trust is important, right? And so you guys have now you know, spoken and dealt with a bunch of brokers that you know, you trust. Um, and I, yeah, that's, that's a great recommendation tool, right? Right. So the first thing you say, go and talk to a broker, have that conversation. We would also say, and, and, and it's a bit chicken in the egg, isn't it? It's like, you know, where do I want to buy? Okay. I want to buy an out of suburbs of Brisbane for argument's sake. So then you, you look at, okay, what does it cost to live out there? The next thing is there's, there's all these moving parts about, well, okay, what really should I be looking? Where should I be looking to buy, et cetera, et cetera. We've, we've actually got a kickstart tutorial package that people can purchase for 99 bucks on the website, uh, which does help people work through those various um, levers to pull to what should I be buying and where should I be buying it? So to get you thinking about that. Um, but, you know, it, so, but I think, and I agree, the first thing before you even worry about that, go and talk to a broker about, well, do I have any options with the money that I've got currently saved? And then that's going to set you on a path. And on that path, the Kickstart uh, tutorial package will actually help you on that on that path as well. But I think talk to a broker. Then what? What's the next thing? Uh, anything else that you want to add after talking to a broker? There, Strawn. Well, look, yeah. I mean, do your research, okay? And and that's not just ju jumping on Google. In fact, that's probably the worst thing you can do. Um, a lot of people jump on Google and go, "I want cheap you know, home loan rate." That's that's fine, but it's you're not you might not have access to that. That's why brokers are important. Also, different lenders will lend you different amounts of money, right? So one lender might be willing to lend you three hundred grand. The next one might be willing to lend you five hundred. It does vary like that. That's why that um, that expertise is required. Talk to other experts, right, like yourselves, because you guys 
no property. So you can say, look, you know, you're looking at this outer suburb. If you move just one suburb across, you're going to get, you know, twice the house for half the price. I mean, it's not quite. Yeah, they're the things that you guys can bring to the table. And as I said, talk to different people who actually have expertise and experience in this market. Look, and I'm going to throw it out there. Do the course because if you want to know what to do and in the right order, getting the steps in the right order, we had a student uh, email us this week who said, They've been looking for a couple of years. They did the course eight weeks ago and they've purchased a house because what they did was put the steps in the right order and get the information from the right people so that each step of the way they knew, right, I'm armed with this. I know what I'm doing. I, you know, I can deal with the disappointment when I, I, I don't get that property. I can get back up and I can go again. So if you get the steps in the right order, you're asking the right questions of the right people at the right times, then you will get that process Far flowing, far more better, you know, far more beneficially for you. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's great advice. Because one thing I found when I first started looking to buy property is you think you know everything, and then you start looking, you realise you don't know anything, right? So you've got that access, you've got that available. I mean, that's just gonna it, it'll probably put you a year ahead of where you, where you, if you try to do it yourself. Well, there's a good recommendation, and it's true though because the thing is that when you get knocked down, if you if you sort of deep down inside you think I don't really know what I'm doing, and you get knocked down, you then don't know how to pick yourself up and then where to start again. And so that's where the steps in the right order is so important, as Megan was saying. And that's such a you know I've been away, so I wasn't privy to any of the coaching that that Megan's been giving them as well through that process. But that's a that's an amazing achievement, isn't it? When you think about it, spinning your wheels your head's spinning, you're researching, you're trying to do it and and you've been and for years you've been sort of I guess you know puzzling trying to work out how how this whole thing um uh, actually works and then oh my god the revelation and the light bulb moment of it and getting to that point we have to get them onto the podcast to tell us the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Now, um one final question Strawn, that we always ask our guests is what is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you were a first-time buyer? Um, just the the compound growth in property value, right? So don't, my, my view on that is don't wait, right? So get your 5%, get the costs, and get your skates on, right? So if I knew that, you know, I was in my late 30s when I, by the time I got around to buying a house. I wish I'd done it 10 years earlier. And I probably could have if I got my head in the game earlier. Right and and got going. So yeah, I understand what property does over time and get your skates on. Great advice. Great piece of advice. Yes, I love it. I think a lot of people think that if they buy property, their life is over. You know, their freedom is over. You know, they're going to be eating baked beans. Yeah, it's noodles every Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it probably feels like that for the first few months, and and look, it and it, and it does because it is a big adjustment the first time in. Um, and, and there's a major cost, but that dissipates really quickly. And that was my own experience. Uh, you know, the first time I bought it, it was like, holy smokes, and you're looking at your budgets and all that sort of stuff, but it dissipates. And then, you know, as you said, once you see the value of your property starting to increase, right, and the pace it does, and look, and also don't worry if it doesn't. I bought a property in Sydney in 2002, and I reckon it, was, it, it went down in value for the first year and a bit, right? And then it came up, right? So don't panic. It's the other thing. If you it's do that long term right? view, exactly. It's a very good point because you know I started in real estate in Sydney in two thousand, right? In two thousand and two, 
Um, and I, I remember all the ups and downs of the market quite, you know, it's like they're like lines on my hand, right? So September 2003 was the peak. Some wrinkles on your face. Yeah, yeah. Lots of wrinkles on my face as a consequence. Um, September 2003 was the peak. So if you bought in 2002, you, you, you probably went up for a bit and then you would have gone yep. down and then it would have done nothing for a few years. But if you look at... That's when Brisbane was driving. Well, yeah, I, yeah, and I think about properties, you know, I was a sales agent back then. I think about what, what we were paying for property, something that was worth about 400000 then in Sydney would be worth, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of an example, but uh, you'd be I'm, talking I can give you a, an exact close one. to $2 million, I would think now. Yep. Mm. The place I bought was four ninety nine. It sold, because I do keep a look, look on it, and it's painful. It, it sold recently for two. There you go. I bought there that you in go. 2000, 2002. For now, 20 years. I went through three uh, interest rate rises in three months the day I bought I settled. So for those who have done that recently, I, I feel your pain. Hang in there, right? Yes, because, I agree. Yeah, things change. Hang in there. They mm. do change. I totally agree. All right. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on, Strong. As I said, we will put the link to that calculator in the show notes. So if anyone wants to get in there and play around with it, if you want uh, access to um, some of our trusted pod, uh, our trusted brokers that that we believe can get you on the right pathway then then shoot us an email and we'll do our best to help you out there in this episode we've only touched on a tiny part of the huge amount of things you need to know to become an educated first home buyer there is so much more for you to do you can learn all of the steps in the right order and avoid all of the mistakes that others have made in our 10-step online course for first-home buyers. If you'd like to learn more about the right process and avoid making rookie errors, become an educated home buyer. Head over to the website, check out your first home buyer guide, the course that we have created for you. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you've liked what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. It helps other people find us. And of course, I know it's a bit cringy, but we're going to ask for five stars. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with more priceless stuff.